0: I would love to acknowledge the the presence of my director, Apostle Fred. I would love us, I would love us to give him a standing ovation. It's not easy It's not easy to lead uh, a movement for years full of young people who believe they also have their own calling and uh, their heads are not the softest. That may include the one giving the speech, but... Uh, The Lord has been helping us as he's been leading us. It's been quite a number of years, and I think he needs to be honored and recognized for that. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. You may take your seats. I would love to acknowledge the leadership of the World Empowerment Movement for having accorded me this opportunity. I also don't take it lightly. And I'm so grateful for all of you from my family, and uh, the ministry I'm heading. We are so grateful uh, for having taken time to attend this meeting. I am aware there are different leaders and pastors from different churches. I acknowledge your presence. If I have not seen you, I want you to know that I've acknowledged you. I've seen Prophet Elijah, BC, Apostle Boyd. Um. Pastor Washi, obviously, and the raw. Um, we are so grateful. Praise the Lord. In the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you um, a message from God. What the Lord is going to be doing within the next few minutes is that He is going to be carrying out a surgery on all of our hearts, so I don't know if this is a, a sermon or it is a spiritual medical procedure that is going to be happening. And I'm just going to ask you, because I know what the Lord has asked me, so I'm going to ask you just for a minute to pray in the spirit because I don't want you to miss out on just that one thing that the Lord is going to do in the inside. of. If you can pray in the spirit, open your heart and your mouth. Man, so e bahash. Rike do barada dide virege durya bamri deke songria dahas. Ribada saunda brada sharadi devre do Lord, our hearts are open to hear from you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Mengro do babri dabahan dele frakatus ke mamri morono hoshi ne kina tata spamana Sutehes In the name of Jesus. I can't hear believers who, are, who know how to pray in the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep, keep, it, keep it there. Keep it there. Let us go to the book of 1 um, Samuel chapter nine, number 9. I'm going to read one or two scriptures and I'm going to talk. 1 Samuel chapter number 9. 1 uh, Samuel 9 and verse 1. The Bible reads, There was a man of Benjamin... I encourage you to stay because it's only going to make sense at the end. <laughs> there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerol, the son of Bekorath. How would you love to name your son, Bekorath? A Benjamite, a mighty man of power. He had a choice and handsome son whose name was Daniel. Sorry, so I, I normally mistake this. I, I, I apologize. There was not a man more handsome in person than he among the children of Israel. But let me just give you a tip. Don't worry about who's handsome or who's not handsome or who's beautiful. As long as the person you are dating thinks you're handsome, that's what matters. um, At the end of the day. So forget all that stuff. Of how you look. If she thinks you are rocking her world in the way you look. And if he thinks you are the most beautiful thing and you are lady among thorns, that's what matters. And all the saints said, All right. Verse 3. Now the donkeys of Kishol's father were lost, and Kish said to his son, Go and look for them. He went with the servant. Verse 4. So he passed through a lot of places, and they didn't find them. Verse 6. And he said to him, that is the servant, Look now. There is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Maybe he can show us where we'll find these donkeys. Now, the Lord had told Samuel, we jumped to verse 15. In his ear, the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time, I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him king, basically. Verse 17. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, where is the seer's house? He didn't know he was talking to the seer. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me this day. Now I want us to pay attention to this phrase. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all of your father's house? No. Verse 19. Samuel answered, I am the seer. Go before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. Now, this is a line I want you to pay attention to. And tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. All right? But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not you and all of your father's house? Very interesting. Then Saul began to give excuses. I'm a Benjaminite. I'm, it's the least tribe. I'm the least. I'm actually short in my heart. Started giving all those excuses that people give when they are caught. Amen. All right, we're going to read one more scripture. Judges chapter number six. And the Bible reads, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a terebinth tree which was in Ophrah. How many have seen a terebinth tree before? (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress. Confusing. In order to hide it from from the Midianites. Then the angel sees him and he says, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. I'm skipping some places. Then Gideon begins to give excuses. Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all these miracles? So he kept complaining, saying everything that he said. That's really the point. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And then he kept on talking. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house, blah, 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 blah. All right. In the book of Galatians, chapter number 5, verse 19, the Bible begins to tell us about uh, the works of the flesh. As the Bible begins to tell us about the works of the flesh, it says, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, witchcraft. I think that witchcraft is uh, the one from Greece. The one we know here is witchcraft. (laughs) Because of some things we have seen people do. So I figured it deserves a G so that it sounds deep. So witchcraft, heresies, hatreds, confusions, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And verse 19 says something interesting. Or in the Amplified Classic, it says, Now, the practices of the sinful nature. Now, there are two dimensions of the flesh. There is the flesh, the sinful nature. And then there's the flesh, the human nature. So when you're reading the Bible, you need to be able to distinguish which flesh is being talked about. For example, the Bible says, Jesus, in the days of his flesh... Would cry out to God, offering petitions with loud cries. Now, Jesus did not have a sinful nature. So, the word flesh there is not connoting the sinful nature. But when the Bible talks about the sinful nature or the flesh in this context, it's talking about the sinful nature. All the more reason. So, all of you have a flesh. All of you have a flesh. But the flesh you have if you are born again is not a sinful nature. Because if you have a sinful nature, it means that the purpose of the death of Christ on the cross is defeated. So a Christian cannot have a sinful nature. whoa, it's up to them. That's why 1 John chapter 2, John says, My dear children, I write to you that you may not sin. Verse 1. He says, but if, he didn't say when. He says, if, that means you've got the right to do the wrong thing. That capacity to sin does not mean you have a sinful nature. It means you decided to sin. You gave in to the flesh. So as a born-again believer, you don't have a sinful nature. So are we together? So it says, now the practices of sinful nature are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. The Amplified Classic says total irresponsibility, lack of self-control. Have you ever seen people who have no self-control? You remember when you were in high school, they would tell you what to do, they would tell you when to go to prep, they would tell you when to bath, they would tell you when to wake up, they would tell you when to eat, they would tell you everything. So you were under rules, and you don't know whether you have self-control or not when you are under your parents' house or when you are under your head teacher's guidance until you go to university, where there are only three rules. Do not fight, do not fish, do not fail. And you find for many people, you find for many people, that's when they discover we are not free when we go to the university. That's when we are bound because a freedom you cannot control is the most form of slavery, because it means you are a slave to everything and anything. You are a, so. There are people who lack self-control. Now he goes on to talk about this. He says idolatry, so sorry, hatred. Okay, I will not be interpreting. Contentions. I, I, I grew up in a Bemba background, so I. I just flow. Outbursts of wrath. Imagine being in a relationship with a girl who is always threatening a breakup. Every time there's a a difference, okay, maybe we should go on a break. One day you go on a break, then when you realize you go back, you find your friend has moved on. So I encourage you not to have outbursts of wrath. Instead, have outbursts of joy. When you are in the kingdom of God, you find you are joyful for no reason. You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm walking and I just feel, ha, 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 You see, because whilst you need a reason to be happy, you don't need a reason to be joyful because joy is a nature. It is not caused by circumstances. I'll show you as we go on. All right? By the way, depth is not a fruit of the Spirit. So there are people who are deep because they are always looking deep. But that's just a dimension of shallowness. Okay, so he goes on to say, oh sorry, did I say something? Okay. So, of selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy. So you are thinking of yourself because your friend looks good. Okay, that's interesting. All right, he goes on to mention them. There's a reason I'm talking about them, drunkenness. It's a spirit, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, if you want to see how bad this is, read it from the Message Bible Translation. These people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you two gentlemen, come. I want to explain something. So, this, what the Bible is saying, okay, maybe you see, let me begin with this one. This, let's imagine this guy, his name is John Chimfuembe. He's not, he's not saved. He's a good boy. He passed number one. He got six points. You know, he's just the ideal guy. You know what I'm saying? He's the ideal guy. He wants to be a lawyer. Um, we, don't, we don't force professions. Like I, sh- I shared with you, even my son, he can be any kind of lawyer he wants to be. Uh, he's really free. So... He's, he's a guy they fear. He beat the whole class. He got 800 at grade 7. You know. So he's just doing fine. 560 at grade 9. So he's just he's a main guy. Now, he is not saved. He is not saved. You remember that? So him, he has two dimensions of the flesh. He has the human nature and the sinful nature. The one who's born again does not have the sinful nature. He has a human nature. It's the flesh. It's that thing where you are tired. It's that thing where you are just thinking naturally. That's the sin- That's the human nature. Even the Bible says Jesus was tired, or the Bible says Jesus was hungry. That means he had the human nature. Now, for him, he has both the human nature and the sinful nature. Now, the friend standing next to him, for example, I can give an example that there are two sprite bottles. They may look the same. <laughs> One has water. The other one has Sprite. You may not tell the difference, but the contents are different. And so, he may look like this with nice glasses. You know how in, back in your day, people who wore glasses were considered smart until the results came out. So, so he's wearing glasses. No, He's just the ideal guy. Many girls have got... Uh, Many girls about a, a crush on him. And so he goes to the university. When he goes to the university, these places are governed by different dimensions of spiritual powers. Every university has a spirit called a principality. And normally, they, they begin to set trends. You find, for example, at the University of Zambia, a person is from Kaputa, they used to wear a long dress, but when they go to the University of Zambia, they can wear bum shorts. They can't even uh, understand if, if their mother in Kaputa called, called them and or they showed them the picture, the mother would collapse. Because, <laughs> but, <laughs> just changes. I'll tell you this there are people, for example, the person was good, but the moment they join the police force, they can get a bribe. You can find a person used to be good, but the moment they become a nurse, they can be rude. Why? Because many of these, I, I'm just guessing, I'm just guessing. Because many of these professions have a principality that determines the trends of behavioral patterns. Now this guy has a sinful nature, and what we learned was that the, the sinful nature includes fornication, bribery, rudeness, um, witchcraft. We mentioned the number, right? murder, envy, drunkenness. So he goes to the University of Zambia. He's never done any of those things. His parents took care of him nicely. Then when he goes there, remember there's a spirit in this environment where he has reached, right? He now meets (laughs) Toxina. And one day, Aziz going to class, Aziz, Toxina could even be in third year, he's in first year. They are God rushing him, there's that kind of rubbish that I heard. So um, Aziz going, you know, he's trying to rush for his engineering class, you know the usual cliche, he bumps into her, she drops her books, Aziz picking them. (laughs) They look at each other, then he remembers the song Akaleisa or any of those songs. And uh, it's a familiar song. Okay. So, suddenly you can go sit down. There are some things he has never done, but suddenly he's entertaining the thoughts of, come here, I can. You know, there's some things, you never knew you could do some things. You people think that people who are witches today, once used to sit and say, when when they're asking them during careers day, what do you want to be? And they say, I want to be frying. On a pan. No. No, 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 no. People today who are chain smokers never decided to be chain smokers. I'm taking you somewhere. People today who are preachers never just decided to be preachers. Remember that what the Bible is telling us is suddenly, you know what, there's a senior who's teaching him about it. exile. If you don't know that, forget it. So, suddenly, but he. Da- he can't understand it. But the idea, by the way, for those who don't know, exile is pushing your friend out of the room so that you can remain with your girlfriend or your boyfriend doing whatever you want to do. So you say, ah, boy, back to my exile. Yeah, boy, now I'm off my exile. And, and, and that kind of rubbish. So he never knew all those things. But here's a strange thing as, as Tolo is talking to him about exile he's entertaining the idea it sounds fun and funny now you you are a believer when you hear those things you're supposed to be appalled what's this kind of rubbish what's this kind of wo- I, I, Ha! you cringe now him he's entertaining it i'll tell you why because remember he has a sinful nature and in the sinful nature there's fornication he has never fornicated before, but that doesn't mean it's not there. It's in the nature. So the moment that toxin just clicks that button correctly, <laughs> before he knows it, he would have, at 18, he would have committed fornication. And it's not new. Why? Because that thing was already on him. Okay, that one is easier. On. Let's imagine there's this guy. His name is Chintobe And Chintobe <laughs> tells him, Ah, you know, there's just like a corner by the side where we can take that body and deal with him, Now, that's a witch doctor. He doesn't have a good CA. And if he had a testimony that it worked for Chintobentobent, maybe he should try it and also. Now, you as a believer, when you hear that, the idea opposes you. But him, he's thinking, let me, let's, let me try it. Let me go there and try it. And he goes to... The reason why he's doing it is not because it's frustrated, No is because within him, remember the works of the flesh include witchcraft. It means he was a witch already in the first place. (laughs) You can take a seat. So, when a person goes to steal, it is not because you've caught them. That's why they are a thief. It is because they were a thief in the first place. That's why they stole. This is because Sin is a nature first before it is an act. The first phenomenon of sin and the first phenomenon temptation toward, second phenomenal temptation towards sin was a project, a serpentine project, to cause a sinful nature to exist in a pure being. So, for Adam, sin was first an act; then it became a nature. But everyone who is born under Adam does not have to sin in order to become a sinner. It is because they are a sinner in the first place, that's why they sin. Why? Because the Bible is telling us the the sinful nature, it's a nature. So you don't need to train the person to become a witch. If a person who is not saved is not bewitching anyone, it doesn't mean they are not a witch. It just means they have not yet found the correct opportunity to do it. When you find a mango tree which has no mangoes, it doesn't mean it it, it is not a mango tree. No, 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 no. It just means the season is not ripe. When the season is ripe, when the atmosphere is correct, the humidity is correct, you will see that indeed the fruits have come out and this is a mango tree. You don't need to teach a snake to bite. It's a nature. I've never seen any of these big dog trainers training a dog to bark. It is a nature. This is why everyone who is not saved carries the potential to do anything wrong. So you may be saying, I grew up in a Christian house. This is all born again stuff. I don't think I need to do it. I'm good by my work. Listen. Sin is not in what you do. It's in who you are. Because when Adam disobeyed God, there was an impartation of the serpentine nature. That's why he doesn't need... You can't teach a serpent to bite. You can't say, ah, you beat me, Mr. Snake. You can't. Say, says, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a snake because I've beaten you. I was a snake in the first place. Are you listening to me? I hope you've understood what it means to be a sinner. So if a person who is sinful does righteous act, it's like a human being barking. It doesn't make you a dog. So you could be saying, you could be saying, I I know, I want to date him. You know, he listens to sermons, he's kind, he's just a kind sinner. Because remember, oh, am I preaching? And this is very important. He's just a kind sinner. And if we fill in the blanks, it means he's a, he's a kind witch. He's a kind fornicator. He just needs the correct amount of pressure. You see, this is why people who are sinners don't need temptation. They need opportunity. So when, when, Satan, when Satan is dispatching, demonic resources they have the intelligence to analyze they will say ah this one ah this one is not saved let's not waste demonic resources let's go to those who are saved that's why you find when you got saved the temptations were higher why because you need to be pushed to do it for that one they will push themselves why because they've got the serpentine there was an impartation from birth, so they don't need temptation they just need the right opportunities the right environment And they will do it. Are you following me? In other words, John Timfembe, he doesn't know. When he bewitches that lecturer, he will sit down and he'll say, I never thought I would do this. True. He never thought he would begin now flying in his dreams going to Dubai doing business. He never thought he would do all that. But he didn't have It's like a mango tree sitting and saying, I never knew mangoes would come out of me. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. In other words, my brother here, John Chinfembe, has sides and parts in him that he doesn't know about. He is a walking danger. Anyone who's not saved is a potential walking danger. This is why to, to better our world, there is a cry to get people saved. It's not just a hell-heaven issue. It's about the environment, what is going to happen. You are worrying about global warming. There is spiritual warming. So he is walking, but inside him is a capacity to fornicate, to build, to murder, to envy. He's is walking like this. Do you see why you need to get your friends saved? Even, even, even righteousness is a nature. It is given to you, Ezekiel thirty-six, 26, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. And I will cause you to obey my word. That means you used to go out. But when you get saved, you just feel like it's wrong. No one taught you. You see, this is why there's no believer who enjoys sinning. If a person is a true some of you could be struggling with some issues. But you don't enjoy doing it. It is because it is against who you are. You are fighting something that is who you are. And in this meeting, God is going to reverse it and is going to help you. And the reason why you are struggling with that is not your own doing. There is a fight against you. That's why you find yourself doing that thing wrongly. But God is going to help you. Amen. And so one day, after God did many projects, he got tired and he said, you know what, I'm going to do a very special project. And in wanting to do a very special project, he said, "I'm going to make a being out of material." There are many beings that God created. God created angels out of light. God created beings out of fire. God created. There are some beings who are even called elders. We don't know whether they are human elders or what. They are just called elders. <laughs> ah, vratos kianas. So God has created things, and then He says, "I'm going to make." Some someone out of debt, they were not interested. And then he says, This one will be made according to my image and my life. He said, What? God is going to take debt, and in taking debt, he's going to put himself within. This was going to be his best creation ever. And this is why the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, chapter number two, verse 10, that we are God's best creation we are his masterpiece. In other words, there is no creation that God ever created that is better than us. And the only reason is because he made us exactly after him. So, before he does that, God begins to create the atmosphere, he makes this, the light, he does this, he does that. He creates animals as well. Now, what he did with his animals is, with each animal, he made a partner. Giraffes were two, male and female. Zebras are male and female. But when Adam came on the scene, he was alone. So he observed that, and although everything was good, he was thinking, I think I want to go up. Yes, so. Because I'm getting a bit wet. So he now says, I don't know if you can wait, because I'm enjoying this space. <laughs> can we agree you can sew later? <laughs> Just sew in your heart. Because I'm enjoying this space. Oh, excellent. And so, what now happens is, he's lonely. He's not happy. But he never said it. But you can just look. There are people who don't say, but in their silence, they are screaming. So, I can imagine him crying before God. In his heart. But why is it that everyone has they met me I don't have? Oh Lord, make me one. But God was not. An angel would have gone to him. To God and said, but God, look. This guy is crying. But God was quiet. I will tell you why I am imagining all these things. God tells Adam now, "Calm down. Let me show you what I am going to do. He makes him sleep. And he takes out of him the thing he was crying for. In other words, God did not need to create anything new. Because whatever Adam was looking for was already on the inside of him. (laughs) But he did not know. Remember, what I'm trying to show you is he did not know. Remember that John Chimfuebe did not know that there was a witch in him. It's a principle in the realm of the spirit that there are great things... (laughs) in every person, and sometimes they don't know that there's something great in them. In the first story that I read to you, here is Saul. Saul, all he knows is looking for donkeys. And he is looking for donkeys. And for about three days, he has not found the donkeys. He keeps looking for the donkeys, and he keeps searching for the donkeys, and he is tired. He goes to a place, and they found... A, a prophet, those you call sharpshooters. And he says, Finally, the sharpshooter is going to tell me where the donkeys are. And then when he goes to the prophet, the prophet instead tells him, uh, Firstly, the prophet tells him, I'll tell you all that is in your heart. And then he's thinking, Yes, the donkeys. Ah, you did what to bring me here. And then he says, But as for your donkeys, don't worry about them, for they'll be found. And he's thinking, hmm, all that was in my heart were donkeys. But how come he is now talking about uh, it's not donkeys? All that was in his heart were donkeys. At least that's what he thought. But there was a dimension to him that he did not discover. In his heart, there were doors and one important door that was not opened. This is a grown man. He was a walking king who was shy, who was born in a bad place, and he never knew it. Remember that he started arguing. He started saying, no, I can't be a king because it never occurred to him that he would ever be a king. As a matter of fact, in the next chapter, the Bible shows us that when they started looking for him to anoint him, he went and hid in the equipment because he was not interested. It never occurred to him. What I'm trying to tell you is, there are some rooms in your heart that have not been opened that God is opening in this station. Some of you, there are dimensions of callings and anointings that you just see on TV. And God sent me to unlock those doors. And what is going to happen is, in, within the next few days, there's going to be openings and revelations. You will find there are some things you are carrying, and those things are not just for you. Imagine being told you are carrying a solution for the world. Has it ever occurred to you that you can carry a solution for the world? It is in this meeting. Oh, you think the degree you got was the apex of it. You thought the marriage you got is the apex of it. You know, there are many people I've met. They were hardworking. Oh, well, not working. Especially in churches, you find a person was hardworking until they got married. They used to serve God until they got a job. Malepinga we wino that. If you heard that song before Somebody sang that song we pinga wino tatanga mampela drinki Nkami wombela sifwe nkami wombela chorus Eloba kupa namba bize yatampa Eloba kupa Give me my tab and so we have a situation where that's all they think there is to life. We have a situation here where in, 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 in the book of Exodus chapter number 14, the Israelites, are being pursued by the, the Israelites are being pursued by the Egyptians. And they find the Red Sea. And guess what? Moses decides to encourage them. And what he tells them is, just relax. God will fight your battle, and you will not have to fight. You know, sometimes ministers can preach a message God is not preaching. Today, you will see the salvation of the Lord. You won't even have to fight. And then this, there is this let God fight my battle mentality in the New Testament. It doesn't always suit. Because God fought the largest battle or the biggest battle when he died on the cross. That's why he gave you authority. So before you start saying, fight my battles, what have you done with all the authority that he has given you? You need to know that he has given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome 50% of the powers of darkness. How many powers of darkness? But do you believe that? Why then are you saying, fight my battles, fight my battles? Don't you know that you're more than a conqueror? He says, thanks be unto God. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.14, who always and every time leads us in tri- triumph, in victory. And through us, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of his will. Say, I'm already a victor. Already a victor. One time, I was looking at my life and I started telling God, mm, okay, the battles, are, I was meant for battles because the battles are fought. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, no, you are not meant for battle. You are meant for victory. You see, you are more than a conqueror. So if you don't even think that you're more than a conqueror, what happens to you at battle level? You need to have a mindset that I've already won. The first time that Sunzu was about to score, we were all panicking. Oh Lord! Oh Lord. Then he scored. Then we celebrated. But imagine now, watching today, and Sunzu is about to score. You are Kachula! Katula. Solo. Huh? Sometimes you need, you need to imagine through the scriptures, I know how this thing ends. I always end up winning. Because even though I'm going through this, I look at the scriptures, it has not changed. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. But God tells him something interesting. Imagine what God tells him. God tells him, why? God said, go to ch- chapter 14, verse 14. God tells him, why are you crying to me? Imagine after preaching that powerful sermon, God says, you are preaching the wrong stuff. Why are you crying out? Moses turned to God and said, fight my battles. Then God said, why are you crying to me? Imagine what God told him. God, ah, va'hangri da'hasiba, polasha, gavada, faranize that is coming out from you and it will move from here and it will go to the ends of the world. Because the world is waiting for the manifestation of you as an individual person. Why? Because you are not just a simple person. You carry a dimension of God that in this meeting is going to begin coming out to full manifestation. That's what I said in other tongues. Somebody shout hallelujah. (laughs) God now tells him God now tells him Stretch your rod and divide the waters. He didn't say, Stretch your rod, then I will divide the waters. In other words, you are crying to me, the solution is on the inside of you. There are some solutions that are within you, there are some inventions that are within you, there are some dimensions that are within you, and they must come out before you go and leave this earth. We are not listen. We are not going to start saying Oh my. There's that song. <clears throat> <laughs> when God created you, the idea of the creation. Of, let me tell you, the idea of the creation of a man was not so that he could go to heaven. God created you out of dust. That's already testimony that you belong here. So don't say, oh, Lord, take us. No. What have you done in this earth? Some things need to come out of you today. There's there's grace to take things out of you for the world to feed on. Why? Because you were healed out of a dimension of God. So imagine that dimension of God just dying and living without expressing that goodness. No! Somebody say no. This is what I told you. I told you there's a surgery that is happening in this meeting because God is beginning to open doors inside of you that have never been opened. You see, God told me there are people who carry things in them that have never come out. I don't know you are 50. It doesn't matter. God will give you freshness and length of life. Those things must come out. That's why a human being I know many preachers focus on the fact that no, a human being is a spirit who lives in a body. That's correct. But they emphasize strongly that a human being is a spirit. I think it's not very balanced. Because a human being is a body as well. As a human being you need your body. This one. As a human being you need your body. That's why take care of yourself. When you've broken your fast, take care of yourself. Don't kill the fast, break it. Huh? Oh, I feel like I'm communicating. How do you gain weight at the end of a fast? So you need to take care of your body. Go to the gym, eat properly. Get, get some education on what you should be eating. You need your body to stay here and finish your assignment. Yes. Not all of you must insist, I want to be a doctor. Some, there are many ministers of the gospel, many great people who it was not their time to leave, but they left because they never ate properly. And you find some of your assignment is to make sure you are teaching us how to eat well. This is why you wives, everybody that is getting married, make sure you pay attention to what you know why many husbands gain after they marry. eh? (laughs) Oh, can I preach this thing? (laughs) (laughs) She just cooks and dumps things in that stomach. And if he refuses, it's a fight. No, I'm fasting. So you were designed, the point I make is that you were designed to be here. That's why you need to finish your course. You need to take care of yourself so you are a body as well. You are a body. Don't just say, no, no, it's correct. The highest realm of living is godliness, obviously. Not what I'm teaching you. It's godliness. Oh, I just talked to her. (laughs) It's godliness. Because the Bible says, godliness profiteth unto all things. But you need to take care of yourself. Because you were designed to be here. Imagine you don't build any house, you don't do any invention, you don't run any big company. All you have is an airtime money account. Now, so now what happens is, you go to heaven. You go to heaven, and the people are not so impressed. They say, "Oh, welcome." <laughs> they ask your angel, "Do you know? Did you know him? Mm-hmm. You did you know him?" <laughs> <laughs> your angel is ashamed. You, what was his name? What was his name? What was his name? What was his name? What are your works? The Bible tells us every man's works to be taken in a fire. And what will be left? He says there are some people who enter heaven as if they almost got bent. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. entering heaven a parlor. Not because you were a jeep, but because the fire fell here. And what the Lord will tell you, so that you can be a testimony we will leave you with a parlor in heaven. Are you listening to me? And so, one of Gideon's greatest problems is that he didn't have sight. Because the Bible says the angel came and sat, sat under the terebinth tree. He was busy threshing wheat. The angel was there. But he couldn't see threshing wheat. Threshing wheat in the wrong place. The first problem is that he didn't have sight. So the Bible says came to him. But because he couldn't see the angel. Then the scripture says and the angel did two different things. The angel coming to you is different from the angel appearing to you. Let me encourage you. The fact that the angel has not been seen does not mean he has not come. He has just not yet appeared. It doesn't mean he's also not working. Are you listening to me? So he didn't see. And then the angel said, how are you mighty man of valor? Now, if he said mighty man, mighty men sometimes hide. But when you say valor... That word valor means one who is strong and fearless in the face of danger. But the Bible says he was hiding from the Midianites. That means there was a dimension of Gideon that had never been opened. That angel did not come with an impartation, he came with an announcement. And I am coming not with an impartation, but with an announcement that every dimension in you that has light dormant, some of you must own the bakery company of the year. Some of you must own the, ah, you know yourself, you know yourself. <laughs> and then, listen to what he tells him. He tells him, listen, the angel did not come with an impartation. Imagine what the angel said to him. The angel said, go in this thy might. In other words, I'm not giving you anything. So there was nothing that the angel brought Gideon. The angel just came and said, oh, you have this, you have that, you have that, Go. He didn't see. He didn't see it. I decree and declare the spirit of sight is upon you. I command callings to be opened. Let the angel of doors come upon you. Hey, listen. There are four levels of access to mysteries. That lie within you. I'm going to talk about one. The rest, you can listen to my podcasts. You see, the Bible says, in the book of Acts chapter number 10, the angel Cornelius was praying. Now the Bible says this man named Cornelius prayed always. Always. And gave much alms. The Bible didn't say he prayed and he gave. The Bible says he prayed always, and he gave much. That is to tell you volume. There is a level of revelation you can never get to until you get to a certain volume of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer, but the volume of prayer also matters. For revelation, sometimes you need to stay in for an hour. And this is what believers are called into. Sometimes you need to be there for an hour. Sometimes you have to have personal overnight. Why are you praying? I'm just praying. Azuga, Embracot, Scanini, Evador. What? Your birthday is coming. You've never fasted. You've never sown a seed. Nothing. You are just sliding in like a banana slide. An entire birthday. What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you you for real? And so the Bible says when he began to pray like that, the angel came and began to reveal things to him. Now what began to happen is when he began to pray also, Peter began to see a vision. That trance was not because of Peter's prayer. It was because of the volume of the prayer of Cornelius. Because that revelation that came to Peter, for Peter to rise Peter's heart began to open up in dimensions he never knew of the gospel that he's supposed to preach even to the Gentiles he never knew until somebody began to pray voluminously. Because the Bible says that he prayed much, and as he was praying... Peter fell into a trance. So, that trance that the man of God fell into was not because of his prayers, it was because of the much voluminous prayer of Cornelius. So, as he began to pray, he started having visions. And Peter began to know about himself because of intercession. We need intercessors in, this, in these churches. People who don't necessarily want the stage, but they don't mind sitting back and going. a They come to church, they sit down, they do everything. They go back two hours, they are on their knees. And in this meeting, those people are rising. You, you, you are not inconsequential. If the spirit of prayer is upon you, you are not inconsequential. You matter. You matter. Daniel was almost killed in Daniel chapter number two. But he went to his friends and he told them, pray with me, That great. You think Daniel was deep because he saw the vision. No, 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 no. Um, One man saw the vision, but three produced it in prayer. So as you begin to pray, there's a certain dimension of revelation and you know about yourself in the volume of prayer. Oh, let us stand to our feet. We are going to take just a few minutes. You are going to pray. And as you pray, there are angels, and God, the Holy Spirit is doing a work in you because there are doors is beginning to open that you never knew about yourself that will feed the whole world. Begin to pray. Pray in the spirit. If you don't know how to pray, just pray in the spirit. I command doors to begin opening. The doors of your hearts. The doors of invention. The doors of creation. Some of you will be employers. Many people you are looking up to are supposed to be looking up to you. Maybe there's a reason you don't have a job. Maybe it's not an attack, it's a blessing. Because something must come out of you. Come on, believers. God is tired of the world ruling. It's time to arise. It is a time of dominion. It's not enough that you are a man of God. Some of you are supposed to run companies as well. Because the capacity in you is great.